Welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Digsies, and we got a special episode for you today. I'm with my main man and co-host, Jake. Jake, what's up? I can't complain at all. Life is pretty good. We finally got the splash we wanted for this offseason in live golf. It was starting to look a little scary, starting to feel like the Sahara Desert or the back corner of a 90-year-old bathtub, but it was finally rectified this past week. All right, yeah like the sound of that and then we also are joined by the host of the hottest golf youtube channel around big boy pants golf what's up pants how's it going gentlemen what's the scenario it is things are heating up the hot stove is cooking and let's just start right off the bat john rom is the newest member of live golf how are we feeling Absolutely great. We've been talking with this guy for a long time. We know he had the monetary value to bring to golf that was beyond golf. I've been saying it for months that he had a, a much higher price tag than what actually happened. And that's, you know, my number was pretty wild. But at the same time, I was trying to showcase the point that his value was beyond just a value of a player because it's a value of breaking the PGA Tour mechanism and cog and showing that there's more to golf and more to live golf than just the gimmick of, yeah, no, there's more to this. And he broke the wheel. Yes. Jake Spann's valuation was $2 billion and Jake Spann was not far off, folks. Jake, you and I know, knew that he was the linchpin. And now it's going to tumble like a stack of dominoes right now. It's John Rom, get on the train. And you know what? We love the haters with their new narratives that, oh, John Rom doesn't move the needle. It's just that's, Tiger, Rory, and Jordan Spieth. It's bananas. a joke, folks. That, that The fact that people are saying John Rom doesn't move the needle is bananas because honestly, I would say John Rom's top three golfers that move the needle. Like he is fiery. He is fun. He's exciting. And he plays a great game. And you never know what you're going to get with Rom out there. He could freaking break a club and start screaming or he'd go out there and shoot 10 under. It's like, the fact that people are saying he doesn't move the needle, they're crazy. And it's just, the, I feel like even if Tiger Woods signed on to live right now, the PGA Tour pundits would be like, ah, he's past his prime, his leg hurts, he's going to fall apart, he doesn't move the needle anymore. Like, I think anybody would sign on to live and they'll say they don't move the needle because they're just trying to form this narrative and it's wrong. Like, they have to admit it's come to a point where they're wrong and the PGA Tour is looking more and more dead in the water. Absolutely. Dixies, listen to this. How do you not move the needle, but finish third on the pit money list with 9 million like John Rom did? Exactly. You finish, the pit money is all about measuring your popularity, how you much you move the needle. Exactly. I, I said something on Twitter. It was pretty funny thinking about it. Last year in the winter, we heard rumors of Rom going to live and we heard it all year long. You'd think Rom maybe leaked one or two things, knowing he was going to sign and it just made his Twitter engagement, his social media engagements go up. And he made a nice $9 million walking out the door. The coolest part about this whole situation with Ron that I, I really appreciate is seeing a lot of people freak out about this uh, on the bad side of it. When we've seen Patrick Harrington, for instance, have a really hard and raw take about it saying that he's not worth it. And I was like, no, actually, Patrick didn't say that. He said, it's, it's got to feel bad for a lot of the other guys who already signed on to live to feel like they got shafted when Rom's getting this big of money. And that's not fair to all the other guys because Rom is something that all of the other guys weren't when they signed to live. 
Now understand this. This is what this is why Rom is the perfect player for Liv to sign. When they signed Brooks, Brooks wasn't the alpha at the moment. He was injured. He needed to get recover. He was not sure if he was who he was anymore. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't know if he was ever going to get back. To- exactly. Bryson was going through psycho weight changes and wasn't even sure if he actually wanted to play golf because he, he he thought he wanted to do long drive all the time. Um, you know, DJ and Phil and Sergio, all amazing names, all great talents, all, you know, Hall of Famers first ballot, but all of them were in a waning phase of their career. Uh, and I especially mean that sincerely for DJ because DJ is still winning, obviously, on the live circuit. But you can see out of the many players that are in that upper echelon of live golf, I can I see him competing way less than I do all the other players that are in that upper echelon. Uh, and actually, when I say competing, actually playing events outside of live golf. And when you look at Cam Smith, Cam Smith, when they signed him, he was at the peak. He was at the peak, but he was never the personality the same way that a Rom or a Tiger or a Rory or a um or Brooks was. Like, he, what are he's they a, talking about Spieth? I don't feel like Spieth has a great personality. Am I missing something? Spieth is I don't for us from Texas and the area around Texas, we all liked him growing up because it was like when he was growing up and, and coming up because it's like he's a good kid. But that's what he is. He's a wonderbred. He's a wonderbred, but he's also like Phil Mickelson in the fact that he might shoot 12 under, he might hit 15 fairways and five fans. I would say JT is more outgoing and has a bigger personality than speed. Yeah, but JT's personality gets him in trouble because he's too much of somebody who watched South Park when he was a kid. Yeah. Pants. I mean, how much does Rom move the needle? Rom is, now that Rory shot himself in the foot, Rom was already becoming the face of golf, and now he's officially the face of golf. In terms of Padraig, let's get back to that point for one second. I think, and I love Padraig Harrington, I think he's projecting. He's projecting all the discontent that is occurring within the PGA Tour ranks right now between the top players and the second-tier players. That whole disconnect and, and discombobulation has been going on for a while now between the signature events and the regular events, and now Padraig sees it on other tours when it doesn't exist. Yeah. And let's be real. If Live Golf started in the late 2000s when Podrick was rattling off open championship wins, he would have grabbed that money. Let's be real. Like Brad Couples came out today and said, oh, I want to see somebody join Live for free. Stop saying it's about the money. But it is about the money. They're playing professional sports. You pay to play. They they get paid to play the game. It's about money. What Freddie doesn't realize is that the PGA Tour is the anomaly in the whole sports world. What other sports do you go and play if you don't make the come the PGA Tour for three days, considering the pro am, and then make and then lose money actually because yeah. you have to pay your caddies fees? What college player is going to go join any professional sports organization right now for free? Freddie Couples has become the R word, really dumb. And honestly, in the United States now, even the college players are getting a bag with the NIL deals. All these top college players are getting a million dollars, and it was even said now that people are thinking about staying in college because they rather make the couple of millions than go to a crappy franchise in the NFL. Money. Exactly. Look at uh, this happened last past week for Stutzman, who was a great, who was a, the top linebacker at OU. Well, he decided to stay at OU for another year. And the reason being is that he looked over his draft prospects. They weren't very good. There were a lot of teams that really didn't need a linebacker this year. And so he decided, hey, I can be the man for another year on campus, sell t-shirts, do whatever I want to do, make make a bunch of money be the man and still 
have the opportunity to go to the pros next year. Yeah. Like and it's just, just yeah. yeah. And just look what's happening with the college football landscape with the Big Ten expanding, bringing over USC and UCLA and Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. It's all about money. It's all about ratings. It's all about money. So, of course, these players are going to get paid. But honestly, I feel like Rom set the benchmark here. I do not think there's anybody that would come along and get paid more than Rom. Like, maybe oh, no. in the past, maybe like a year ago, Rory. But after what Rory has done and, and the pariah he's become, I don't think that Liv would pay him that much or Liv would obviously Liv would want him. But I don't think they'd make him a poster boy like they're making Rom. At, at this point, to me, I think with the Rom signing, the needle is broke. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that the needle is no longer moving. The needle is broke. Rom is the needle breaker. We had the needle mover. We had the conversation starter with Nicholson. We had the needle starter, which, with, which was Kevin Na, the first official signing. Dustin Johnson. Then we, then we had Dustin Johnson, who actually pulled the needle off the dirt. And then we had Brooks, who actually took the needle from, from the miry pits of, of the underworld and made it relevant. And then from there, we had Cam Smith, who actually made the needle stand upright. And now we have Rom, who has snapped the needle in fucking half. Sounds like Jake is writing a Game of Thrones novel over here about needle breakers, Khaleesi. Pants, is anybody getting paid more than Rom? Pants? Apparently my comments about needles got him so triggered he yeah. just had to just run off into the woods and enjoy the sunset. But the, the, it's the reality, though. Look, at this point, even if you could get a needle mover like Rom, there, there's only two other players out there that are of the same echelon as Rom that are not on live already. One of them is one of them is Tiger, and the other one is Rory, yeah. and neither of them are worth anything because of their vitriol against Liv throughout time. And with Rom already on Liv now, there is no further reason to attack the needle. Yeah. Is Great. that fair? No, I agree. I agree. And honestly, like I said, Rory, maybe a year ago, he would have got the same bag. And Tiger, I, I, honestly, Tiger moves the needle, right? But at his age, are you really going to give him $600 million plus? There was rumors of him get, getting offered a billion at one point. But again, it was a showmanship thing. Like how Phil got the two hundred fifty million, yeah, valuation. It's a showmanship thing, and again, this is about establishing credibility. You have to spend a lot of money to establish credibility where there is no credibility to stand on to start out with. Now with Rom out there and in the league, I think that there's no longer credibility to be established because the credibility is there. Yeah, does that I, make sense? I agree, and I think so, they, they do still have some credibility to gain like getting on a top network on television being able to watch these events live and not being broadcast on tape delay on the cw when they're over in europe or asia like certain right. little things like that but being able to bet on live golf in the books like certain things like that which i think will happen very shortly and let's be real like this deal is about to be in the dirt or signed in the next few days. So there's a lot of things that are up in the air right now, but I think that Rom definitely moved it along to credibility and legitimately right. legitimacy. And I think there's just a few little tweaks, official work off ranking points, little things that they can do to make them even more legitimate. Even more than this, let's just be, let's just be 
Rom is amazing. This, this signing is amazing. I can't wait to figure out who his team name is and, and who he signs to be on his team. And I would be co- totally content if he just picked all three guys who, who got the live promotions event. But we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But big boy, you had something to say? Zigsies, I know you're a huge Rory fan. Big. And Rory plays in perfectly with this whole John Rom doesn't move the needle ridiculousness. Rory has immediately switched his position about live players playing on the Ryder Cup team, correct? Yeah. Yep. So if John Rahm wasn't a needle mover, why do you want the rules immediately changed so that Rahm can be in Beth Page in 2025? No, I agree. Especially when you had friends and lifelong partnerships with Poulter, Stenson, Sergio. And we saw what Rory just said about Stenson. He said the best thing that happened for Team Europe in the 2023 Ryder Cup was Stenson being removed as captain. There's levels to this. And Sergio, Stenson, Poulter, they're not on the level as Rahm. Rom's in a different stratosphere. There's only a few golfers in the world that are on his level. Rory, Brooks, DJ, Tiger, but Cam Smith. And it's crazy. Like I said, everybody who's talking about not moving the needle, they're absurd. And they're just saying that as talking points because they're PGA Tour shills. You know who else said that? Was if you listened to the interview with Brandel Shambly a few days ago, you go on Brandel Shambly's Twitter and he's a huge John Rom fan. It's just tweet after tweet. Perfect swing. He's the modern day Lee Trevino. You listen to him in the interview and he's John Rom doesn't move the needle and he goes to the whole same shtick. There's only three guys and it's Spieth is now the third guy. Spieth is personality less. Yeah. Dude does. He's his most interesting points is when he's mumbling to himself after he hit a bad shot. Beyond that guy has zero charisma at all. Yeah. And Chambly is still spewing the rhetoric that. Hopefully, Nuco signs this deal so Liv could go away for good. What does he not understand? Like, Liv's not going away. There was a chance back in June if they signed that deal, everything, maybe. But now, signing Rom, the schedule's out in 2024. Like, Liv's not going away. If they do sign this deal, Liv is going to be the premier tour. Liv's going to be the premier tour, a world tour. And I think the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour will be like the minor leagues. But... With all the money they're spending, with the backing of the Biff and with Yasir's vision, I truly, honestly, for the first time, I honestly believe that Liv is the major league trend. I always thought that they had a chance to get there. I've been hesitant to say that 100% because we didn't know what would happen. But the way that everything lies right now, I honestly believe that once this deal is signed or the deal blows up, at the end of the day, moving forward, Liv is the premier tour. Do you guys agree with me? Oh, absolutely. If you want to argue that, there's two points that we have to make that showcases that Liv actually is the premier tour right now at this point going forward. One, last four DP World Tour events. Now, granted, these are co-sanctioned events, three of them being on the Sunshine Tour, which are co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour, and then one of them being an Aussie Tour event that is co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour. But guess who won all four of those? Live guys. Live guys. Two by Dean Burmester, one by Louis Oosthuizen, and then one by Joaquin Neiman. Now, these are not, those three guys that I just mentioned right there, those are not the top five guys in Live. okay? These are not the $100 million players on Live. Yes, one of them is a Live captain. Yes, two of them are Live captains, because Louis Oosthuizen also. But these are not, you know, the big chicken salad names. And so for that to have that kind of dominance going on, and yes, it's off season. And yes, you can say that blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the actual field quality, again, it's six live golfers out there 
and a bunch of other players that are just as good. Let's be honest with ourselves. They're just as good in, in, in the scope of us versus them. They're just as good. And so for Liv to go out there and dominate, like that's a big statement right there for the quality of Liv. Charles Swartzel was two shots off of the lead on that last event that he was stays in one. So it was two Liv guys at the top. Yeah. Next person was Christian Bezetinu, who was on the, who was on the inner, who was on the president's cup team in place of those guys. Now, other story that you got to look at. All right. PGA tour says, Hey, we're not going to get in your face. If you, you can go and go to the live thing. We're not going to bash you. But then after play, yeah. But then after players decided to go, they were going to basically bash them. And guess who did you know? Did you not see the quality of the players that were actually on that list? I know it, it wasn't the sexy names, but if you really look at the names, a lot of players that were on that list are to me the same level of Carlos Ortiz for who, who plays for Torque GC now. A guy who has won on the big tour, a guy who is competing regularly in live golf events. He's not one of the bottom tier players. He's one of the competent players on the league that is constantly putting in work. He's not going to be the big sexy name. He's not going to win every single week. He's not going to be in contention every single week, but he's a solid player who is a solid uh, paycheck getter on, on live golf. And there were probably 20 guys with the same level of pedigree and quality of play that Carlos Ortiz puts out in the live promotions event. Did you not notice that? For example, we had Martin Trainer. We had Kevin Chapel. We had you know, we had Jason Duffner, a major winner. He's now, granted, Duffner's prime, but I love the guy. passes prime, but I understand what you're trying to say. We had Kazuki Higa, who a year ago was the was the hot shiz nickel off the Japan tour, off the Asian tour. Everyone was looking at him like, oh, "What's going on here?" We had those guys out there. We had a lot of guys out there that had, you know, real reason for us to be excited about Kaye Samuja. Who actually, uh, and I probably, I battered his name right there and I apologize, Kaye, but the guy who won the promotions event uh, outright and didn't have to go to the playoff, look at his situation. He actually won uh, on, on the DP World Tour, had two playoff losses on the DP World Tour, and many of us had no clue who he was, but yet he had that kind of pedigree quality that allows him to be able to say, you know, I belong here. I'm of the same quality. And if you look back to when Liv first started, if they had signed Kaye right from the start, we would have been looking at him as a legitimate signing. The same way we did as like guys like Hudson Swafford who had one PGA Tour win. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it makes sense. Now, speaking of pedigree and speaking about signings, everybody was talking about who Rom is going to choose to fill his team. The big news and the big rumor was Tony Finau. Tony Finau just put out a Twitter Instagram post yesterday saying, hashtag, I'm not leaving. It looks like Finau wanted nine figures. They didn't offer him nine figures. What is your thought on this, Pants? Do you think Finau should have got a hundred million plus or what well, do you think? Finau, if the number was 85 or whatever, if it was a little shy of nine figures, he should have taken it. The guy was basically the the guy who benefited the most from Liv because he started to clean up on those little 3M open events, right? Once all the stars were over that, suddenly second place Tony starts winning. Yeah, The dude has some kind of sketchy lawsuit against him. And that's why I thought he was going because once Golf Digest starts going through your history and bringing up 
not so savory stories about you, that means they think you're going to go. So they want to tarnish you first. I'm surprised he isn't going, but I wouldn't say it's a sealed deal yet because how many dudes, yep. this is the power play, six weeks out, remember DeChambeau and, and DJ, yeah. DJ, I pledge, it's like an a, a oath of allegiance. Like you're pledging your allegiance to the PJ Tour, which is weird. They do it and then boom, money gets higher. They, they roll. I know. A lot of people on Twitter were saying, oh, that's it. He said, I'm not leaving. That must mean he's going to stick with the PJ. It doesn't mean that. And it could just simply mean that he sees there's a, there's a very key event that he needs to stay for left. Now, he doesn't have access to Tournament of Champions this year. If he's if he sees on the schedule before Lid starts that there is a certain event that he needs to be a, be at because it's one that he has a very good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would do what I got to do to stay in that good graces while behind the back saying, "Hey, bro, see you in February." Yeah. Jake Span Golf. Jake Span Golf. Why doesn't Tony Finau have access to the tournament champions now that the tournament champions doesn't require you to actually win? That's why they had Cam Young and Sahith Tagala in the field last year, even though oh, they had never right. won. An, there you go, buddy. That's I'm just right. Coming, no, no, I'm no, 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 you're right. No, no, you're right, though, because they changed that because they were finding that the field got way too small. Even when you had the guys like Rom who go out and win like five events. I forgot about that. But you're right. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe he does have access to Tournament of Champions. You know, I haven't looked at the actual field for it. It should be coming up in about a month. And you know what they should do, right? What? If this deal gets signed and PGA Tour, Live, DP World Tour are all under the same umbrella, they should invite winners from Live, winners from the DP World Tour to go play the Tournament of Champions because you know what? That's a good way to bring the golf world together. That's a good way to fracture some of this nonsense that's going on. And there'll be a lot more ratings. You have some live guys okay. playing on PGA Tour events. People will be tuning in. That'd be a pretty cool event. Uh, not going to lie. Just uh, have you won, if you won in the last calendar year on any of the three major tours, yeah. then, then you get invited. Pants, that'd, that'd be dope as hell. What is your thoughts on that? That's the best idea you've ever had, my friend. I'm good for that. I'm good for one a year. One a year. One it's a year. like George Costanza. Okay. See you guys later. I'm, I'm talking your over. In, leave, I'm talking in your lifetime. Yeah. This is your, this whoa, 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 the best whoa. idea. Period. Hey, since, he, has, he has a since child. birth. Since birth, <laughs> he made a child. Okay. No, my best. The best thing I ever did was marry my wife. But so this is the second best thing I have idea I've had. Wait. So your child's your third best thing. You know what I mean. That, that's under the first. <laughs> <laughs> The wife, the family, it's all the same. You know what I mean? No, I, I know what you're saying. But, but yeah, no. I think that's a great idea. Think about how many, like, how many people would tune in to see, oh, wow, look, John Rahm's paired with Rory McIlroy, even though Rory won't play, but just seeing the live guys existing with the PGA Tour guys, which we know as covering this game, these guys are still friends. Brooks and Rory still hang out. Plus, it'd be really cool to see the players have tour, like a tour uniform for the week yeah that'd be dope as hell hey you see all the pga tour guys and whatever kind of pga tour outfit they want to make for that week they see the live guys and whatever kind of live edgy outfit they want to make mm. dp world guys will probably just get wear kilts and louis vuitton whatever i don't know what the what the dp world tour would do they, they don't make any sense well, speaking about uniforms and teams and everything like that we've had a few trades in live golf gooch was traded for maddie wolf straight up I saw somewhere that it was a three-way trade and Varner and Uline were switched as well with the Aces and Varner's now on the Aces. Uline is now on the Range Goats. So now the Range Goats went from Bubba, Gooch, Peters, and Varner. Now they have Bubba, Wolf, 
Uline and Peters. I feel like they got a little worse considering Gooch was the number one player on Live last year. What do you guys think? So did you watch the, there was an interview on day, on the final day of promotions event right before the playoff happened with Anubhan Lahiri. And Anubhan Lahiri was asked straight up, were you surprised by any of the trades? And he said, no. And he was basically, and it was a blatant shutdown answer, no. And it sounds to me like there's a lot go that goes on behind the scenes in the locker room, in the the club, if you will, yeah, that we're just not privy to. We and all knew Wolf wasn't going to stick with Brooks. They hate him. I'm talking about the Gooch, the Uline, the Varner trades, okay? Uh, the Matty Wolf one we knew was, okay, we got to figure out a way to make this dude stick around. And you know what I'm saying? It's one of those kind of things. So I figured Range Goats would be the best place for him just in general, but I figured it was Range Goats with Varner. I figured the guy leaving Range Goats was going to be Peters. Yeah. But it, but that's not as an outsider looking in. Liv does a pretty good job, I think, guys, of shielding us from what's going on in the locker room, if you will. But is that a good thing? Because a lot of people are complaining, like, this doesn't make sense. The best player in Liv for the worst player in Liv. Well, like, let me jump in here with some knowledge, friends. Go. First of all, you got to wonder, what's the deal with Uline? Because he gets traded every year. Yeah. All right. And then the range goats, you guys have a phenomenal season last year. It doesn't make sense to all of a sudden trade out everybody. Get rid of Peters. Yeah. That's honestly who I thought was going to go. But now here's the question mark. And I know Gooch has won three times last year and he's a superstar on live. I'm still not all in on Gooch. I don't know how he keeps winning. The question though is Maddie Wolf is still top 10 talented guy on that tour. Yeah. I Will the talent, that. if the talent shines through, then it's a good trade. If Maddie Wolf continues being navel gazing Maddie Wolf, then he, then it's a historically bad deal. Maybe Bob is the one that could get his head right and bring out the talent. Can't deny, and I can't say you're wrong when you say that Maddie Wolf could be a top 10 talent because we've seen it when he burst onto the BGA tour. He is a talented dude. And you're right, Gooch. Gooch might have just been right place, right time. I think Gooch is better than people think, but I don't think he's top five player. Who's more talented, Matty Wolf or Taylor Gooch? I think Matty Wolf is the more talented player. Um, just by the simple fact that he can make his backwards-ass swing work. That alone tells you there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, but Gooch has his head on straight. But so Gooch has like, his head on straight. Do you, do you, are you putting intangibles in it? What's the whole thing like? Was Derek Jeter the best shortstop physically, athletically? No, A-Rod was, but with intangibles, Derek Jeter was. Something like that sort of thing. You know what Matty Wolf needs right now? He needs to dump whoever the Brooke Shields he is dating right now and date Barbara Streisand for a year and a half to get his head straight, get into that Zen mode. Well, just, no. just, like just like Andre Agassi. He needs the Barbara Streisand, Andre Agassi effect, and then boom, he comes out like a beast. Well, like Steffi So, so well, you honestly, what you're saying, and I was... I think in the same thing, but I think what he just needs is a homebody, like stable girlfriend, wife type thing. Like, like an actual, like not a supermodel wag, like an actual, just go to church, pick up some halfway decent girl. That's not very attractive, but like still like a good woman. Just find no a good one, woman. No one's saying that. No one, I'm no saying one's, that. No one's saying that. Just the point. I'm half joking when I say that. I get what you're saying. His head's not on straight. He's just everywhere. And maybe it's the fact that he's just trying to figure out who the hell he is because he, he is still on the younger side. And we always want to act like these guys are, you know, 30-year professionals out there. Dude, 
six years ago, that dude was picking boogers and probably had, saying mean tweets with, with, uh, under his actual name. That's six years ago. This dude, what is he, like 24 or so right now? He's Ish. showing no signs of male pattern baldness. He's fine. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We saw Freddie Couples had a crazy wife at one point and she was affecting his game. You never know. Maybe it is. I don't know if or you both know this, or about, but maybe a, a year or so ago, Freddie went through another divorce. Did he? That dude is basically the Peter Uline of relationships. <laughs> of he just keeps, yeah, he just keeps getting traded around. Maybe. So here, here's my at question. That point, then. When it happens that many times, you need to look at the mirror and be like, what's the. So, so here's my question to you guys then. Does, does Freddie Couples need, sorry, not Freddie Couples. Does this, does Maddie Wolf need to lean in and be more like Freddie Couples or lean in and be more like John Daly? John Daly. 100%. Okay. So we need to get him a Coke addiction and a lot of, and, and a lot of Hooters I, I, girls. Honestly, with his mental capabilities, I don't think we should give him cocaine. I, I, I don't think that's a good mix. So Adderall? I don't know, man. I, but honestly, it, it is fucked up that we're sitting here making fun of the guy because mental health is a real thing, but I don't know. I hope that he figures it out on the Bubba's tutorship. And I, I hope that I hope the trade works out for everybody. For the hey, record, we... I never made fun of Matty Wolf's mental health. I complimented his hair follicles. All right. That's a good note. In general, we're not really making fun of him. We're just talking, we're just trying to talk through the actual issues of what's going on with him because we recognize he has immense talent, but something is in the way and we don't know what it is. Yes. And that's really what we're talking about right now. And, and, and does it take humor to get through to it? Yeah, because we're not freaking gods we, I, i'm not omnipotent we're not brando shambly right we're not brando shambly or, or jason sobel big boy or dan rapaport good god almighty let's let's get into jason sobel. sobel yeah go oh thank you so much let's hear it i know you so, need a platform the vet go so yesterday or so on twitter or x now it's called jason sobel tries to be this i'm trying to save the game campaign guy so what i do is i post a video i made about him last year which highlights our DMs, which at the time I had maybe 50 followers. This dude who's on Sirius and all these other sh channels, what have you, is DMing me at 6.30 in the morning, Vegas time, and it goes on till 6 p.m. So I chart the whole thing in the video. And this save the game guy is also the same guy a year ago was like in the DMs. You don't understand, dude. The fans don't matter. And then later at the end of the day, when he finally gives up, he's just messaging me like, I don't know what you want, dude. You want me to take the L? Fine, I take the L. He told you to put your big boy pants on. He did, and then we've gone back and forth, and I'm slowly destroying his soul right now. Honestly, it's one that these writers and these pundits on Twitter, the X, they need to realize big boy pants golf is not the guy to pick a fight. Like, he's not going to stop. Like, how many L's did he dish out? He gave an L to the USGA, for God's sake. Come on. Two L's to the USGA, actually. Yeah. Come on. Like it's, this year. Yeah. In the last six months. He's not the guy. I'm just warming up. I'm taking them all down. You line them up. I'll knock them down. Line them and up. He is like a a, a, he is like a Thailand hooker. He just knocks everything down. Maybe that's what Matty Wolf needs. Trip to Thailand. Right. <laughs> Switch it up a little bit. All the big news. The golf ball. We're rolling back the golf ball. Is that a good idea? A bad idea? Obviously, Can I jump I, in here for a second? Yeah. Jake Spangolf? I put up on my ex a poll that asked, should we roll back the golf ball? 
or should we roll back the mic one? Oh, that's what I would roll back is the mic one because that dude did not put up a good U.S. Open at all. You can make a miserable freaking golf course. And that's what you're supposed to do with the U.S. Open. And they didn't do it last year. Screw that guy. Honestly, it's I'm happy that they're able to go to courses that the game is built around, like Marion and these short courses. They don't have to keep tweaking Augusta. But I, un, I, I see it both ways. Like, I understand why they need to make it, you know, it needs to be bifurcation because it's going to cost these companies so much money to make two separate balls. You know what I mean? But again, could there be companies like Vice or these other ball companies that can make a ball that's not rolled back and make those for the amateurs? I just like obviously Titleist and Bridgestone, they're going to make the balls that the tour is going to play and that everyone's going to be able to play. But I don't know. Maybe there should be a company out there to make balls for the amateurs. But can, can I give the right answer? Yeah. Here's the right answer, Mike Wan. Mike Wan's out there arguing hey, this is vital, maybe not for now, but for 10 years or 15 years from now when players get even longer, we've got to make this huge change. But on the same hand, the other side of his hat or the other side of his mouth, he's saying the changes are so insignificant, you're not going to even notice them. Who cares? Yeah. So it can't be both. It can't be this vital thing that has to be done. And then also, hey, you're not going to even notice the difference. What they should be doing is using their little noggins and just grow out the grass a little bit in the fairways. We don't play the same course as the tour players do. The grass right. is much shorter, so it runs out like you're hitting cart path on the, the tour. I've watched this episode, this, this podcast, where it was all grass expert guy. And he's saying, yeah, they cut it down to a quarter inch or a half inch on the tour. And then us, we don't get any of the roll that the pros do. Just grow out the grass a little bit. Grow out the roughs. There's all these other ways you can do to make the golf course play harder. Who cares about the ball? Yeah. Not only that, one of the easiest things that they can do, and I've walked a couple tour courses, so many of the tee boxes are from an elevated position. All you have to do is just dig out the tee boxes and drop them 22 feet and boom, difficult course. And you may, you may say, why does that make it? That doesn't make any sense. It does because all of these courses that people are just going over treetops or going over treetops or going over this limb or going over that limb, you drop the tee box down 20 feet, boom, they can't do that. I think all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Augusta National becomes a bitch to break par if you just drop the tee boxes down 15 feet. Especially on 13, because that, that tee box on 13 is so high. Exactly, because yeah. they already have the tree height there. Yeah. You, you, you go to Torrey Pines and you drop the tee boxes down 20 feet, boom, you are fucked. And Torrey Pines is pretty open. I'm just talking about because of tree growth elevation and whatever. So maybe yeah. I'm getting that course wrong. But you get what I'm saying, though. If you uh, So many of these courses have these these just super elevated tee boxes that allow for everyone to just bomb it out like yeah. crazy. Uh, oh, there's a bunch of 80-foot pine trees, but don't worry. You, they're 300 yards away. You can get over them. Like, no, if you drop the tee boxes down to where they have to start from a lower position to elevation, they can't hit over those things anymore. Yeah. Congratulations, you made the course tougher. I think what he was saying about it being in insignificant is that for the amateurs that hit the ball 200 yards, they're only going to lose five yards. Like the golf, the, the pros, the, the big hitters, they're going to lose like 15 yards plus. But the regular Joe Schmo was only using five yards. But still, like my buddy said it, he's, I only get to golf once a week. I like to go out there and have fun and be able to go for the greening too and bomb it. Like I don't want to be out there having to think and be methodical about going through the course. And Gentlemen. I, I get gentlemen. points. Yes, but here, on the other hand, the pros will be able to circumvent the distance loss. They'll just 
go with a different launch angle. They'll go with all this other high-tech stuff and they'll be able to go around it using technology or and just access just 5% to... harder. Exactly. Yeah, we'll start yeah, seeing exactly. guys out there with four degree drivers instead of five degrees. So they'll, they'll figure a way. We won't do that because I get my golf clubs off of OfferUp or eBay. Yeah, and we, we're not going to swing 100%. Yeah, I get it. Honestly, again, this isn't going to happen for the amateurs for another seven years, 2030, right? So who knows? Maybe the drivers will be so good that come 2030, it'll be the same as it is right now. Who knows? And this could just be a tactic used by the USGA in conglomeration with the golf ball companies in order to sell more golf balls for the next few years. Oh. I don't freaking know. Because one of those words, oh my gosh, in five years, I can't get the good golf ball anymore. So let's go and buy the, who knows? I don't know these things, but I do know that it's wacky to say it's going to be, this is the big change we need to do. And then also, as you're mentioning, pants say it's insignificant. Is it really, if it's a change that you're making, it's not insignificant. You know, we don't make changes to be insignificant. All right. If I say, hey, I want to. I want to lift weights, you know, every single day in order to improve my cardiovascular ability whenever I swing a golf club. And I'm not doing it because I don't want to change anything or it's insignificant. I do it because there is a significant reason to do it. Is this a distraction tool? Look at when this rollback came out. It's right when the ROM situation is happening and the merger agreement's supposed to be decided by the end of this year. Good Look point. at the timing. Let's focus on that. It's not a conspiracy theory. That's a very so good point. The, right? So you're saying this is all jingle keys? Yes. Very good point. Honestly. Yeah. Because people think talking about that. Think about how many people have said, I'm out on professional golf. We're seeing everybody do that now, but it's the same people that are probably like, oh, Donald Trump wins the presidency. I'm moving to Canada. No, you're not. And you're not out on professional golf. That come January, February, when they're at the Waste Management or they're, they're in Riviera, you're going to tune on and watch it. You're out on professional golf now when nothing's going on. But when we're getting into the thick of things, major season, you're going to be watching. Digsies, who's saying they're out on golf right now, are the same guys who are saying, hey, no one watches Live Golf. I saw this one dude on X. He actually used the phrase, I'm going to do a conscious uncoupling from golf. And then you see Matt Janella one of your homeboys from that whole fire pit collective saying, hey, I'm, I'm done with watching professional golf too. And it is literally, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home energy. Yeah. They're not at all golf. They'll be watching. Like I said, it's the same people that said, oh, X becomes president. I'm moving to Canada, Europe. They don't do it. But honestly, I'm, what do you guys think is going to happen with this new code deal? Like I have my opinion. I put it out there on X. I think that they'll come to some sort of agreement. I think live golf will be a world tour pga tour dp world tour will still be there and i think they'll have cross platform events i don't know what do you guys think i think i think it's over i think that's not going to happen i think the pga tour had their shot and they kept on trying to find new and improved ways to fuck over live and i think at this point if you're yasser look you already have what you want you already won but does he he wants a seat at the table the PGA he already tour. has a seat at the table the best wait a way second he owns the table he owns the, exactly. He owns the table. Live is the table now. The PGA Tour thought they had the table, but listen, homeboys came into the restaurant. They didn't put a table out for him. So you know what he did? He built a whole new fucking restaurant right next to them and has a better table now. I understand, but we can't forget the fact that PGA Tour has legacy. Hungry I've forgotten it. I don't care. You know what? Here, let just saying, Dixie's. They, no, he could uh, own what all tournaments? That. He could own. They've already. That. Jay Monahan's already blown it. How many? The Honda. They've been a sponsor for how many years? They're out. Also, 
the, all of the legacy is gone, especially when you change the format to do signature events. What is the legacy? Because you use the letters PGA and then Tor. This reminds, all, me, this reminds me of the situation that I heard about a CEO for one of the companies out there. So I, this person worked for IHOP back in the day. IHOP wouldn't promote them to be a manager. So they ended up going working for Applebee's, ended up becoming the CEO of Applebee's. And then they ended up buying IHOP. You know what I'm saying? This is what, this is that same kind of energy. Hey, you, I wanted a seat at the table. You didn't want to give me a seat at the table. So I built my own table. I know, but at the end of the day, the divisiveness isn't good for golf. Dixies, listen. Who cares? Dixies, you need to put on your big boy pants and listen to me and Jake's band golf. This thing, it's already gone by the wayside. The PGA Tour has done nothing to really bring the tours together. They've just trying to find sneakers, no, sneaker ways I to get do. out of it. Yeah. So what is the benefit for the Live Golf Tour at the port? You have it one side actively wishing that your tour is dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly through OWGR collusion, through, uh, through constant threats toward your own players if they decide to tr take a chance just to be on your tour, not actually going to your tour, just to ch have a chance to be on your tour. Um, through sponsorship uh, uh, bannings, through, uh, through you know, shunning of players, through attempts to keep people out of other tour events. The PGA Tour has constantly shown they are not willing to work with Live Golf under any circumstances. And you know what? This reminds me of the, the movie Mean Girls, where eventually the popular girls table is no longer popular because everyone realizes they're a bunch of uppity bitches and nobody wants to sit with them anymore. And that's the PGA Tour. Yep. Jake Span Golf, preach brother. I've been, I've, this is the one time I've agreed with Brandel Chambly. It was a few days after the merger when he's, I don't think the merger is going through. Now, Brandel Chambly is saying the PJ Tour better make it go through, but I don't see how Live benefits at all. You get the players you want. You know that only a certain amount of them are, are valuable, as is the PGA Tour, because they only give 20 of them pip money. The yeah. rest of you can go pound sand. You take the good ones, you make a world tour, and then you watch the internal descent as projected by Padraig Harrington. Just slowly eat the PGA Tour out from the inside, I tell which you. further devalues, devalues the player, who are now the PGA Tour struggling to get sponsors. If the PGA yeah. I know I've been using a strong language here, but that's how I strong I feel about this, because that's exactly what's going on. If the PGA Tour uplifted and was kind and courteous to live golf and wanted to work with them and didn't ban players and didn't give the big middle finger to them and didn't say, oh, you guys are disgusting and do all of that for the past two years. This could have actually been, a, been an arranged deal, but they've never actively done anything to warrant any type of belief that they actually want a partnership. They just want control. And they wanted to go squash. Further. I'm going further than that, Jake Spangolf. I'm saying we've got 26 letters in our alphabet right now. I'm saying let's make a motion to remove the letters P, G, A, T. We'll work around it. We're down to 22 letters. I say one thing. If Still the, got a few. If the PGA Tour does not make the deal, they're going to be in rough waters because we saw Wells Fargo leaving, Honda left, or they're rumored to be leaving, right? Honestly, man, where are they going to go? Exactly it, our point. Exactly our point. Now you just let it, you know, you've no, been insulted for so long. You no. just back away from the table, let a few, and the, and the players realize that at a certain point, the PGA Tour guys, hey, if I don't get on that life ship and get over to live, that life raft, but, what's left over here? And here's the cool question. Rom was talking in an interview with, with Faraday, and he was saying that Callaway is on board with him staying at, on Callaway. So what happens if Rom's team is Team Callaway Golf? No, I think that could happen. But let me ask you this question. If Piff does decide to make a deal with the PGA Tour, 
wouldn't it make sense to be able to own golf a hundred percent that no. way you'll be able to get the, no, because of the, points. because of the, this, you could do that. No, who cares about the OWGR points? The ma the majors are going to need live more than the live is going to need the major soon. They're going to have to yeah. reach out because they're saying, Hey, no one's going to watch if all these, if Rom is not Rom's there for a bunch of years, but yeah. if we can't, if we can't figure it out, we're hurting our own product. I'm saying the, in these guys are into years when these exemptions run out, what are they just going to say? Okay. All the live guys can just play. That needs I to mean, be some you, sort of well, Diggers, you're assuming, five years in the future. No. You're assuming the PGA Tour, which is a fast sinking ship right now, is going to be around in five years. No, you're right. And not only that, but you're also, you got to remember, of live golf players, there are, you say five years from now, there's a pretty high percentage of live golf players that still have exemptions five years from now on a pretty good number of well, majors. And, and you no, know, yeah. Joaquin Neiman just stamped his entry into the British Open. Yeah. And. Not only that, you have a lot of guys, you have, a, I think Louis Ustase and Stamped is into the British Open also. And the point is, though, is that there will be opportunities to get in there and they will get in there. And not only that, you got Rom, you've got Brooks, you've got a lot of these guys that do have exemptions. And honestly, people know, and you're talking about a thing five years in the future. Look how much golf has changed in two fucking years. No. Honestly, and you're honestly, there's a lot of people out there that thought live was a joke after this month they're like yo we were wrong like that th th everyone is starting to realize now that live golf is here to stay and live yeah. golf isn't to be best with there are people getting ripper gc tattoos in in australia okay this thing is here look at the no laying up podcast they were dissing live they were like shills for the pga tour talking shit about live nonstop. and now they're coming out if you listen to their last podcast once rom signed they're like, you know what? Let the PGA Tour die. They're starting to sing that narrative. Because they're weasels and they have no spine. So as soon as they, they're bully tactics. So they, they side with the bully and they bet on the wrong horse. And now they sheepishly have to sidestep and backtrack. Yeah. Honestly, the PGA well, and, Tour and has, people... been a, has been a sinking ship for longer than Liv's been around. Phil said it years ago. Everyone's been complaining about the commercials, about the coverage. Their players have been complaining about you're, you're taking care of the top 20 players, not all of us. It's just, it's been so behind the scenes because it was the only show in town. Now that there's another show in town, it's crazy how all these things are starting to come to light. That's why Liv is so valuable though, because think about this. Liv, being on Liv is so much more valuable than just the prize money that you win. Yes, you win a guaranteed $1.3 million over the course of your season with Liv, but the bigger thing about Liv is that you know that even if you are playing dog poo terrible, you are going to get shown infinitely more than you would if you were fourth place on a PGA Tour event. Sure. Pants, what did you have to say? Dixies, think about this. If Liv stays separate from the PGA Tour, then you don't have any monopoly issues, right? You don't have any DOJ issues. Yeah. Once you start trying to work together, now maybe, you know, get viewed as having some type of monopoly. Yeah. They're worried about it passing Congress. But what about the private investors that are coming in, like John Henry, those guys? If they took a percentage, wouldn't they lower their monopoly issues? I don't know how that works. What are you smoking? Yeah, that's separate. We're talking about the PGA Tour's monopoly issues, obviously, by trying to with withhold players from playing in other events, oh. requiring requiring them to have a hall pass or their media rights, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, if you're if that PGA Tour still had that issues and now you merge with Live now, live could inherit those monopoly issues. I understand what you're saying. I thought you meant the issue that PGA Tour and Live combined their monopoly, whereas there's no other golf to 
deeply. There's no other tour. Here's the big thing is that the biggest reason why I say the PGA Tour Live deal does not go through at this point is Live has done the work to establish themselves in a environment where they were in every way fought against on every single mountaintop. And they've made themselves become a relevant factor. Mm -hmm. And here's my thing. You don't put that kind of work in just to hand over the keys to some other bitch. No, they Jake's, never... Jake's man golf, they colonized Mars. That's the best analogy. That's the, that's the best analogy. You colonized Mars. You terraformed Mars. They were never going to hand it over. Yasir would be the one calling the shots if they did. They, they would have done that. Listen, Diggsies. You're getting, you're, you're, you're helping out the PGA Tour a little bit. You're also a, a big Rory fan. No, I I'm just, starting, I'm starting to feel a little bit of distrust. No, I just, I just want this to be over with, and I just want all golf to come together. We'll be able to enjoy golf and have, have fun again. That, that's all I want. It's just I don't want to be talking about this. I want to be talking about the action on the course. Thought you were great. This you know is, what? This I, is the action this, on the this course. This is the action on the course. The other action on the course was 80 percent commercials on the pga tour broadcasts i just I, I just like to keep i just like to look at it from both sides that's all um, this is both fan. sides this you is you know i'm a live fan i've been a live fan since they came out that's why i started this podcast but well, then again i just think for the good of golf i think if everybody combines and they're under one umbrella live the world tour pga tour dp world tour as the minors i think that will be some exciting television who's going to win the rate uh, fedex cup and earn their spot on live we saw how excited the promotion event was this weekend we could get a whole year-long event. I'll put it this way. You, I'm glad you brought up the promotions event. Some very charismatic Asian man tweeted that if no one else is going to say it, I will. The live promotions event was more exciting than the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I don't know if I did that far, but it was exciting. It, no, it was exciting. And you want to know why it was exciting? Because it mattered. Okay. Oh, yeah. Every... The Ryder Cup is fun. It's cutesy tootsy, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Nobody's getting shot if they lose. Uh, nobody's, this isn't the World Cup where, you know, if you score an own goal, you can't go back to your own country. Okay. Ryder Cup doesn't have that kind of vibe or that mystique. It's fun. It's cutesy tootsy. It's special, but it's not blood and sweat and, oh, and rent money. Okay. This is what the Live Promotions event was. This was guys who, a lot of guys on their laster or lower legs trying their best to maintain that pro dream and be able to go from being lunch pail bros to being homie slice chicken salad eaters, okay? And you know what? Every shot mattered. And if you watch that playoff, dude, Janichiro Kazuma, homeboy, homeboy put the sack on. He put the big boy pants on. After hitting it in the water on his first tee shot in the playoff, I thought homeboy was done. And you know Jake, what? Jake spans golf. Then he does a horrible layup, almost goes in the sand trap, and now you think he's mentally checked out. He's got 102 yeah. yards left. He wedges into seven feet. He makes a putt. The former dude on live is on the green at two and three. Yeah, Lori Cantor. Cantor, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lori Cantor looks like he could be related to Joaquin Neiman. I don't know if anyone else has pointed that out. Hey, man, the people format, get around. The format was very exciting because you had well, like, all right, you got to get to the top 20 to make it to the next day. And then the next day, like, it was very exciting. We just need to hope that Callie, Kieran, and the other uh, guy's name, we got to hope that they do not pull a C1 Kim and actually 
contribute to Live Golf this year. You know what I mean? Even if they do pull a C1, Kim, it's still special for Live Golf because if, even if they do go full C1, Kim, which they're not going to, these guys, it's important to have these kind of events because it's life-changing situation. These guys go from being unknown guys to being known assets in golf. You know what and would not really all... make a difference if one of these guys win an event this year? No. How about we... this? Kazuma becomes the first Japanese player to earn his way onto the Live Golf Tour in the same week or within the same few weeks that the next Godzilla movie's coming out. <laughs> and Shohei Itani becomes the top paid athlete in the United States. Okay, which totally, I was totally surprised. I, I, the Shohei Itani thing makes no sense to me because it's like he goes to the National League where he... They don't have, they still, they don't have designated hitters. They have a DH. They, they have DHs now? Okay, yes. then that's, that's cool. Okay, they used to not have DHs in the National League. And yeah, that that's why six years ago when he was deciding between the Angels and the Dodgers, that's why he took the Angels because he could DH and pitch. Okay. But well, if they have a DH now in the, in the NL, then we're cool. Because I, when I heard that, I was like, what? Why would you go to the NH? That's he got live type money. Shohei got live type money. Yeah, to, to move locker rooms across town. Yeah. Hey. The best player in baseball. Yeah. And now he'll no longer have to hear about the headlines. That one tweet, the headline tweet about, this is the, this is how the, every Angels game goes. Mike Trout hit three home runs to, uh, boost his ER, his, his, uh, batting average to 528. And Shohei Otani does something that hasn't happened since 1921 with sidearm Williams. And the Angels lose eight yeah. to three. <laughs> he'll finally get in the postseason. It'll be good for baseball. Just how I feel like if one of these guys win a live event this year, it'll be really good to live. I think so. I don't think that any of them, I, I think that of the three that got on, I think that Kieran Vincent ends up having the biggest impact on a team. I think that Janichiro Kazuma, it, it will have the best wacky shot moments. And I think Kaye may have the best chance to actually win, mm -hmm. but I think End of the season, Kieran is the highest of the three on the points. Pants, close of thoughts? I would say that you should probably use his name, his last name, Samuj. I think that's easier Samuj? to say than his first name. Yeah. Like, Kaye is the same. It's Kaye or, and then there's, yeah, Samuj. So let's just say Samuj. So I, I'm pretty sure you're butchering his first name, but <laughs> that dude birdies the last two holes to make it in. That guy's clutch. He's going to be better than Vincent. Vincent was getting a little scrappy in the playoff. He's just lucky that Laurie Cantor is a choke artist next level. Dude, that was some serious choking. That was Can some... I tell you something? Yeah. He was buffering on the second playoff hole. I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> I'm trying to watch it. So it's like 4.30 in the morning in Vegas time. And now the, the most critical about. part. So then, yeah. and then I'm, I'm tweeting people. I'm like, is anyone's getting butter buffering? They're like, go to YouTube. So I run to my computer and I missed the part where he hits the... He drops it and hits it in the water first or whatever. Yeah, it was bad. It yeah, was he, bad. he had a whole season to not be in this position. Like, we can't feel bad for him, right? No, he didn't. He, he played okay. like seven. He played most. He, he played like eight of the events. Okay, well, this, that he needs a top ten. He's probably not in this position, right? But he wasn't a full member, so he didn't actually have the opportunity. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's weird rules for how this works, but I, I know what you're saying, but no. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to want to go to the movies with Kazuma and watch Godzilla, and then periodically have Kazuma just awkwardly look at him while they're watching the movie. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand the reference, but okay, yeah. My, the reference is that Japan. Kazuma is basically becoming like the Godzilla and destroying 
Everybody Andrew, who's the city. So Obages. watch out for molten fireballs. Anyway, that does it for this week's episode. This is the last episode of 54 Live in 2023. We will be back in the beginning of 2024 for season three. But make sure you check out and tune into the Big Boy Pants Golf YouTube channel as we will be finishing the year up with another second edition of the State of the Union. Right, Big Boy? Boom. Gentlemen, you guys pay me by the hour. Your hour's up. Jake Span Golf, you owe me $9.50. <laughs> All right, Fine. Thanks, Jake, any any closing thoughts? I like fish. All right. Later, guys.